Hey, 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 welcome, welcome. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. I'm Eileen Grimes, astrologer. And today, unfortunately, we do not have Doug with us, but he will be here next week. But our guest today is Ms. Wanda Buckner. A lot of you know her. She's been on the show a lot, but in the last couple months, she's had to deal with an injury she had in her house. We'll hear a little bit more about that when we have her on. So that's basically made her housebound because she usually would come to the studio. And frankly, we can't have anybody in the studio anyway because of the COVID-19 thing. So it's been kind of a funny thing, try to juxtapose and get her on the show. But we finally got her today, and we are so lucky. We've got some really interesting topics to talk about. We're going to talk about the effect of COVID-19 on your pets and on us and your pets. So this will be a very interesting discussion this morning. So anyway, we're going to do that. And then also on the Astral Celebrity of the Week, uh, we have somebody who unfortunately passed away about a week ago, and that was Elvis Presley's grandson. And his name is Benjamin Keough. And I have his chart here. We're going to look at it a little bit and see what possibly might have been happening at the time of his death to see that, you know, sometimes it's stuff like this happens. You know, he did commit suicide, so something happened to him, and... So there might be some indicators in the chart we can look at. So anyway, we're going to do that. And uh, I think we're going to have all sorts of good stuff here today. We have our usual stuff. But we're going to have a good discussion with Wanda Buckner this morning because we really need to talk about this kind of stuff. So anyway, we are going to be taking a break right now. And when we come back, we're going to do the Astro Celebrity of the Week. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 a.m. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now... We're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen. Talk radio with a purpose. Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And now it's time for the Astro Celebrity of the Week. Kidoki. All right. Uh, for those of you who didn't know who Benjamin Keough was, and I didn't even know that Elvis had a grandson. I think I sort of did in the back of my brain, but um, he was born October 21st, 1992, and uh, born at 7.46 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time in Tampa, Florida. Okay, so he looks like he's almost a Scorpio, but not quite. He's right at the end of the sign of Libra. And so... Um, I was checking out his net worth. His net worth was pretty high because, you know, being Lisa Marie Presley's son and, of course, obviously Elvis's grandson, there would be a lot of money involved with that. So um, the key here is, you know, kind of what did I expect to see with somebody who, who decided that it wasn't worth living and he decided to check out? Well, <clears throat> first of all, he has Libra son, and it's... Uh, his son is right next to the ascendant in the 12th house. That's a key right there. That's a key thing. And then also Scorpio rising and also Leo moon. 
And uh, his Leo moon would definitely kind of draw him to the limelight. It's right up there in the 10th house. So there, there would be some sort of um, sort of manifestation of him being in the public eye and, you know, and maybe enjoying it, too, with Leo, because Leo would enjoy that. But his 12th house son, I mean, you could just zero it down to these two elements alone, and you can get a, a kind of a lay of the land. The 12th house son does not like to be in front of everybody. Unless, of course, there's other factors going on. But it is more of a reclusive, uh, more gentle kind, um, sort of somebody who's going to end up in a monastery rather than being out in the public eye. I mean, literally, that's what this, this house means. It is the house of of spirituality, but it's also the house of unseen things, and it's kind of weird. So when you see somebody who has a 12th house son, they generally don't like being in front of a lot of people. They like to have their own alone time. They like to, to they like to minister to themselves. They like to study spirituality. They they just don't want to be showing off in front of everybody. But again, we have to bring it back to the Leo Moon. Leo Moon doesn't mind doing that. You see, so it's it's interesting because they're both the same degree: twenty eight Libra and twenty eight Leo. So that's a sextile. So those two parts of him got along really well together. But, you know, there's just other stuff here that probably led him to what he did. And uh, that I believe that was on, oh, what day was that? He, I think it was uh, July 12th that he did this. And unfortunately, he shot himself in the head. So, I mean, how else do you actually couch that and do it gently? That's not a gentle way to leave. But anyway, so we're talking about other things in his chart that maybe led to this. We also see somebody here who has a tendency to think negatively about things. We have a Mercury conjunct Pluto and Scorpio. That's a pretty deep sort of analytical way of looking at one's personal life. <clears throat> and because he, uh, because he naturally didn't want to be around a lot of people, you know, this would be something he would be in his bedroom always investigating and, and, and maybe studying psychology, something like that, that would help him with his own insights to himself. This is his insights kind of, you, you know, if you look at a Mercury in Scorpio, that is just definitely the mind that is so deep and so profound that it sometimes doesn't can't get up to the surface at the top. It's always drawing down deep, sometimes in the dark places, unfortunately. Then when you add Pluto to you're adding the double amount of that because Pluto rules Scorpio. So you have this intense sort of psychoanalytical ability, if you could call it an ability, or tendency to overlook or overanalyze one's stuff that they're going through. So this may be been a part of the, the total configuration as to why he did what he did, quite honestly. So also we have um, <laughs> an interesting thing, the third house, which is related to Mercury. We have Neptune and we have Uranus there in Capricorn. Well, there's something else confusing the mix. You know, when I'm looking at somebody who does something like this, I'm kind of wondering what was going through their head at the time that they did this. And what kind of thought processes actually manifested in the final act. So you're looking at the Mercury and Pluto. That's one thing. That could be somebody who could obsess about wanting to take their own life. It could be. But also Uranus and, and um, Neptune would have been a cloudy sort of self, 
looking at the self and not seeing the real self. And Uranus is something that wants to break away from the existing um, psychodynamics. So he had a lot of stuff going on in his brain here. I mean, a lot of stuff that he was thinking and processing and going over and over and over and over again. But finally, and I think this is kind of the final thing that happened here, that Saturn, transiting Saturn, was going right over the bottom of his chart, going back into the third house, and literally literally was sitting on the fourth house cusp. Now, the fourth house happens to deal with, in astrology, when you're reading it this way, it deals with the end of life. And with Saturn going over that house, I think there had to have been a feeling, and with it going back into the third house, it had to be a feeling of just completely self, completely stuck in a corner against all the walls, and there was no way out. You know, he couldn't see any possibility other than what he did. So there was no positive nature. There's nothing going on there that was going to help lift him up out of this depression, which I'm pretty sure he was in. And if you're asking me, what did he have depression issues? Well, yeah, he did, you know, kind of indirectly, but they were there. They were some some things that it could be more of a mental depression than an emotional depression. That's a whole different ball game. It's more up above the, above the neck and your the thought processes that you have that lead you to a certain point or a certain action that you want to do. So basically he had all of these things that were compounding on that day. And I didn't look at the transits here to see what was starving this, but I did see the Saturn moving right back over the, the fourth house cusp. As again, that's the end of life. And Saturn is, natal Saturn is in the fourth house. So there, there must have been an issue or some kind of issue which he couldn't get beyond so that he had to, he felt he had no choice. And also Saturn was going back towards the square to his son. Well, let's just add insult to injury already, okay? That's a lot of stuff. That's like, you know, he sees all the options in front of him and there are no doors open for him to do anything else but what he did. And I mean, and that is horribly sad, but we've actually seen it in other people's charts like, um, well, I can't remember the guy, but the guy that committed suicide, the the the, the chef guy on on um, on CNN. I can't. What's his name? Do you remember? Oh, I was asking our guy here. I just can't remember his name. But anyway, that's okay. But um, I mean, is it uh, Anthony Bourdain? That's the guy. Thank you very much, sir. Anyway, um, there were also elements of that type of thing happening within his chart. So there was probably a sense of futility, a sense of not being able to deal with what it was that he was having to face. Because when somebody, you know, he was probably always going to be taken care of with the family. He had a very loving mother. He had a, you know, unfortunately didn't have a father or a grandfather. But, um, but there was, you know, there was a lot of parental changes in that family with Lisa Marie Presley having a number of marriages. So that had to probably be kind of a, something that shook him up a little bit. So anyway, um, this is just a, a kind of a difficult chart. Everything's on the left-hand side. So basically he had to do things by himself and figure it out. So um, a very interesting man. He's probably deeply psychological and he unfortunately went down the wrong road, as far as I can see. And he's, he's left his whole family in ruins. So let me tell you something. Not that I've never known anybody who's committed suicide, but let me tell you, if you're thinking about doing it, you've got to remember something. 
you're going to leave so many people on this side completely out of their minds with guilt and everything else because they would not have known how to stop you. And they're going to leave that behind. So we just want to make that emphasis right now. So anyway, we are going to take another break right now. When we get back, we're going to have Ms. Wanda Buckner on the show. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to MattShayBooks.com, we cover the world of animals. This week, July 19th, it's best. Neuroenergetic Balancing, Rasmussen Reset, and Energy Code Sunday with Nels and Linda Rasmussen joining us. They can help with emotional, behavioral, or physical issues for you or your animal friends. So plan to join us and call in for your free remote treatments. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Miss a show on KKNW? Check out 1150kknw.com for podcasts of many of our programs. That's 1150kknw.com. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And now it's time to bring on our wonderful guest, Ms. Wanda Buckner. Hello, Wanda. Well, hi, Eileen. It's been so long. (laughs) It has. You're not in the studio, but you're on the phone or on Zoom anyway. That's wonderful. So yes, it's yes. easy this way. Yes, and it's a lot better than the phone we found out. So we're kind of using Zoom more and more now these days. You do seem like you're right in the same room with us, so it's fabulous. Okay, so I do the same thing with clients. Yeah, I'm a hundred percent on Zoom now. Oh, that's fabulous. That way, I can actually see the client, and they can see me. Yeah, we're both safe. We're both comfortable. Right. Whether it's an animal or a human. It's amazing how well it works. Yeah, it is. I have Zoom on on my computer, too. I just haven't really used I'm scared of it. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I have well, to figure you, it out. <sighs> you do have to, to be dressed for the public on Zoom, at I least know. from the waist up. <laughs> that, that's true. Of course, if I had a camera here, well, we do have cameras in here that we can actually videotape the the people on the radio, I would have to dress up for that too. But at this point, it's not that way, and it's just as well. Okay. So, yes. And, yes. So, anyway, uh, we're going to talk about a lot of subjects here because you sent me a whole list of things you wanted to talk about. But um, so let's talk about the first thing that you mentioned. How does COVID or how has COVID 19 affected our animals? You know, because it may be an indirect sort of thing through us. They get it, you know, but um, how has it affected them? Uh, what, is, what have you noticed so far? And since you have animals yourself, you would definitely have a, a perspective on this. Well, yes. And even more than just the local perspective, I'm interested in the global perspective, yes. too. Yes. Because... Originally, they believed that this started in the wet markets of China. Right. And one of the positive things is that there has been an effort in China to close these markets down. Right. In those markets, they sell wild animals live for people. Yeah. And for me, I think it would be a blessing if those closed down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Jane Goodall has talked about our relationship with animals and actually, they believe that HIV originated with hunting chimpanzees and Middle East respiratory syndrome jumped across from camels to humans. Right. So what's happened is 
too much our modern life has impacted animals more and more right. in a very negative way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and these are all viruses, too. They're not bacterial yes. things. They're viruses. And, mm-hmm. and they do tend to, once they're in a the system, they tend to latch on. And then, uh, like for some of the people that are reporting now that have had had COVID and they're yet over, and then a few months later, bam, it's hit them again. It, the, the, the symptoms keep coming back over and over again, you know, and that's really tough to deal with. It's a hard thing to stamp out. And if this virus goes further in our wild animals, yeah, it will be out of control because we have no way to isolate wild animals and that sort of thing in order to prevent it from spreading among them. Right. We don't. The other animals that it really affects are animals that are farmed. Mm-hmm. And we don't think of those often. Most countries have banned uh, fur farms, mm-hmm. but even in the Netherlands and in Spain, they do allow them and they did find, you know, here you've got animals raised in close conditions mm-hmm. that there was um, COVID-19 did jump from those animals to some of their human caregivers. Yeah, It only happened a few times be- because they didn't know if the whole group was affected or not. Right. I mean, we were talking about slaughtering hundreds of thousands mm. of these animals because of what might be happening. Right. So I'm hoping that that fur farm bans will be increased and based on just the ethics of it and the welfare of the animals. Right. That this will become a thing of the past. Right. And it seems as though when COVID started, it started off in China and then moved over to the United States. But it seemed like another branch of this happened in Italy and Spain, and it reached over from the you know, from Europe over to the United States, the other direction. So, yes. yeah. And so this has got multiple hotspots to it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, it's not just, just here that it came in via somebody here into the into Washington State. It didn't just start here. It really simultaneously started back there, too, around the same time. So, yes. Yeah. Another interesting thing that we don't think of is the effect it has on the animals that are farmed for food. Right. So, for instance, with uh, the pig farms, pigs are actually live about six months before they are sent to slaughter and uh, become meat and a variety of other products. Mm-hmm. And during that time that they're alive. They grow to be about 240 to 260 pounds. Mm -hmm. So we don't think of it, but when they have to shut down a meat plant, all of those hogs keep growing. Right. And when they grow, like it, even if it's shut down for two weeks, they put on weight at a tremendous rate and they are physically too big to go to the plant uh, for, um, you know, being tur- right, exactly. Yeah, right. Trying to look for a better word. There is no better well, word. Well, that's the only one you can find, really. So, yes. Yeah. And so there have been farmers, just like people have had, uh, farmers have had to throw away vegetables and milk. Yeah. They've also had to kill like 50,000 pigs, right. 2 million chickens. Yeah. It's the emotional cost and the 
and the economic cost, the pain of doing that, we need to recognize that our world is so interconnected yeah. that even something that where we have infections of a certain number, sometimes compared to our total population, that doesn't sound like so much. Mm. But in terms of the impact it has on animals, yeah. it's huge. And of course, it eventually down, it down scores itself to the food chain. You know, it obviously ends up there. And, you know, and not that I'm trying to negate anything, that, that other process, you know, of these poor animals having to stay. You know, it's almost like, it seems like they're sort of meant to live a few months and then give themselves over for, for, for our cons- current consumption. But it, um, to have all the excess amount having to go to a slaughterhouse and then they get disposed of because of the virus, that is such a waste. But, um, yes, and yeah. it's hard to dispose of that many animals safely. Yeah, you is. know they have to be buried in a way that it doesn't affect other animal life. Yeah, it, it's just a terrible issue. But on the positive side, we've had sort of an anthropause where traffic has been decreased tremendously, like over a two-month period, mm-hmm. the amount of people on the freeways, it was down like 78% in some areas. Right. And they do track how many animals are killed on the roads. Yeah. Well, roadkill went down in those two states 58% wow. for large animals. Wow. So this has been a gift for our animals in the U.S. who live near us mm-hmm. because they have more peace in their lives. Their migrations, even down to little salamanders who cross roads to go to the next place or bears, young bears who are establishing new territory. Right. They are not having the roadkill that they used to. Okay. It's been a positive thing. It's amazing how our, you, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say our waterways have cleared. Yes. And our airways too are, are, are um, outdoors, you know, yes. uh, the pollution has really cleared itself up quite a bit, you know, and, that's... and what a lesson in, in human pollution. Yeah, because, and even I don't know if you have noticed, uh, are there more birds in your backyard this year? Um, I haven't really noticed them. I've noticed there's more squirrels in my front yard, though. opportunistic little devils (laughs) aren't they though i got instead of having two or three i have about six or seven now that regular is showing up when i open my front door in the morning to feed them you know and a couple or actually four raccoons have come by too so it's really been fun to watch watch my broods sort of take off i feel like i've seen a lot more bunny rabbits bunny rabbits Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. You have bunnies where you live? Yep. Oh, cool. And That's I've awesome. seen a bunch of baby ones and uh, adult ones with their family hopping around in the oh, backyard yeah. or behind the backyard. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's cool. And this is a common observation of people right now. I often have them tell me they do hear more birds and so on because the environment is safer for them. Yeah. I mean, we've all seen dead rabbits, raccoons, um, possums on the roads. And just think about it. Yeah. Have you seen as many in the past few months as you usually do? Well, you know, I'm, th- I'm thinking about it. And I think uh, several months ago, there would be at most three, 
three squirrels on the front of my yard. You know, I just sort of base my, my reality based on the squirrel population, how many I've got. And one morning I opened the door, there was four or five sitting them right out in front of the door waiting for me to feed them. And then there was a whole bunch of other ones around in the peripheral area. I said, how many are there out here? This is crazy. So, um, and in the cities, they're having sort of an opposite problem with aggressive rats because rats eat from the garbage of the restaurants and, and so on. And so there have been reports that the rats are now much more aggressive and invading more human spaces looking for food. Oh, yeah, because there's not much food to eat with all the restaurants being closed. So yeah. that, that would make sense, wouldn't it? Wow. It's, cha- it's really disrupting our entire food chain is what it's doing. It really is. You know, from one goes down to the next, to the next, to the next. It seems like there's just been a gigantic pediment being wedged in that whole business. So everything has taken altered form. They've had to make changes. The individual animals have had to make changes so they could survive Right. And so for some animals, it's been very positive. For mm-hmm. others, there's been a, a negative effect. It's really interesting. I think we have looked at the impact on humans a lot, right? economically, emotionally, um, physically. But not often do we see the broader pictures of animals as big groups, And I do want to talk about our pets because they're near and dear to us. And I just want people to also be aware that there is a bigger picture in the U.S. and worldwide about how this is affecting animals. And sometimes it's a positive and sometimes it's not. Right. Okay, great. So we're going to take a really quick break here. When we come back, we're going to be talking about how COVID-19 affects our own pets. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And this is a live read for Matt Shea and Matt Shea Books. Matt writes books that centers around the common person in everyday life, people like you and me. His writings emphasize that each and every one of us was blessed with a unique, one-of-a-kind winning hand that will eventually be called upon to serve the world we live in. Matt will write stories and conduct radio interviews for the rest of his life as a way to encourage and inspire others. One of Matt's great books is the trilogy King of Coleman's Hill, which has been receiving a lot of attention lately and can be found on Amazon and his website. Feel free to browse Matt's updated website, which is at www.mattsheabooks.net. All of his books are available there. Matt would love to hear from you and promises to answer any or all that contact him. You can also write to him at his personal email address at workinmatt7, that's W-O-R-K-N-M-A-T-T-7, at AOL.com. And you can call him at 206 915 1881. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed Vincent Jenna, celebrity medium and metaphysical teacher who has a lot to say about living spiritually even in the most challenging times. On Saturday, Malia Jacobs shares her philosophy of the good life as she can attest from a wealth of experience. Undergoing leads to overcoming. 
bringing you mastery and mystery since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Broaden your horizons. You'll be amazed at all the topics we cover on Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. I'm Eileen Grimes, astrologer, and I am without my co-host today, but I do have Ms. Wanda Buckner as our guest today. She is being awesome, of course. Anyway, we're going to talk right now about how COVID-19 affects our individual pets. So why don't you talk about that a little bit? Yes. So in the U.S., we only know right now of five dogs and five cats who have tested positive for COVID-19. And these are animals that did not spontaneously get the disease. They did not get it from another animal. They got it from their humans. Okay. So, yes, animals can get COVID-19, and they get it from us. Mm-hmm. Ferrets are also susceptible to it. Okay. Cats are more susceptible than dogs are. Okay. It is not necessary to have your animals tested. Mm-hmm. However, if you have COVID-19 and your animal becomes sick, your pet in your home, you might want to call your veterinarian and see if they think that it would be a good idea to test the animal okay yeah it's sort of interesting what we really should do is to follow the same safety precautions that we should do all the time which i know people don't do right (laughs) right but i volunteered with my dogs in the hospital for 14 years Mm -hmm. and best practice is that before a person you know these are strangers to me in the hospital Uh, before a person touches my dog or my cat, that they use a hand sanitizer and then pet them. Mm -hmm. And it is also best practice that my dog does not lick the human's face or hands. They keep their little tongue to themselves. Darn it. (laughs) I know. And, And then after the fact, again, both myself and the patient sanitize their hands. Right. So if we have are diagnosed with COVID-19 or a serious cold or something that's contagious, Mm -hmm. we should follow the same safety precautions that we take with the people in our households. Mm -hmm. We should not be sleeping with that cat on our pillow. We should not be sharing food off of our plate. We should not be kissing their sweet little muzzles. Oh, come on. That's That's fun. I I knew you would feel that way. (laughs) But that is how disease is passed back and forth. I know. I know. And so when you take your, uh, most most people do not walk their cats. Their cats don't want to be walked. And if they do, they do so only in in their own backyards. (laughs) But for dog people, it's not uncommon for them to take their dogs to a park. Right. Uh, It's possible that someone else who has their dog there does have COVID-19 and they're Mm -hmm. asymptomatic. Right. And they're not near people, so they're not worried, Mm -hmm. but they may have interacted with their dog. There's a small possibility the dog may have something. So it's probably not a really good idea to do dog parks. It's never a good idea for your dog to eat the poop of other dogs because 
disease is passed that way. Yeah. So maybe for now, it would be good to avoid dog parks. It would be good to practice the six foot distancing with your animals, just mm -hmm. like you do with people. Yeah. And to use the same precautions that you do with people. Okay. If you want people to pet your animals, carry a sanitizer. That's a good idea. I, yeah. yeah, and then you just offer it to them beforehand. You say, here, wipe your hands before you touch the puppy. Yeah. 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 And that's what they do in the hospital. It makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I want to say there is no reason to mask your animals, and it could really interfere with their breathing. When you think of cats and dogs with a very short snout, you yeah. don't want to put a mask over them. No. And remember, the mask is not to protect them from getting it is to protect us from giving it to right, someone. Right. I can just see putting a mask over a Boston Terrier's nose. That would not work. They have oh, but, their noses right, are pressed in already. <laughs> right. Their breathing is already compromised because we have artificially shortened their their noses. I know. It's just so rude. Anyway, yeah. yes. <laughs> you know how I am so about Boston. So there's no no evidence to indicate that our pets spread coronavirus. Right. Can they get it from us? Yes. It has happened very seldom, considering all of the cases that we have. Mm -hmm. And if a dog gets um, coronavirus, it's usually very mild. But still, if your dog has anything that makes you feel that they need a veterinarian, you should certainly call and make an appointment. Right. I think the greatest danger to animals is that something will happen to us and yeah. we will not have prepared someone else to take care of our animal in right. that case. Yeah, that would be very difficult if we got it and we're completely incapacitated and we have several pet, pets that can't be taken care of, basically. Yes. Yeah. And so one of my friends here where I am has been diagnosed with COVID-19 mm -hmm. and so she is isolating in her bedroom and best practice is for someone else in the family who has been tested and is does not have the virus mm -hmm. to care for that animal during that time right now if it's a service dog the dog stays with the human right it is not a good idea to uh, dump your pet in an animal shelter if you have COVID-19 that's not a good idea. Not a really. To. That could somebody could <laughs> <You> certainly <need> to... <laughs> be spreading it to everybody around them. So well, there's a small possibility. Yes. What happened to another friend of mine in the past couple months? She did not have COVID nineteen, mm -hmm. but she went to a doctor's appointment because she was not feeling well. Mm -hmm. The doctor sent her immediately to the hospital by ambulance. Oh, my gosh. She was a woman who lived alone. Mm -hmm. And here she has an animal that has been left at home. Oh, no. While she went for this appointment. Right. And she did tell them to call her veterinarian. Mm -hmm. And the veterinarian uh, had an emergency contact on the card. Mm -hmm. And... And that happened to be me, which is why I knew about it. Oh. <laughs> yes, which yeah. I did not know that I was on the card as the emergency contact. And you should certainly tell people if they are mm -hmm. so that they're prepared for that. 
right. we're very fortunate that we had a mutual friend and that friend uh, was willing to take her dog for a full month wow. and care for that dog in her own home. That's wonderful. Yeah, because yeah. really, Eileen, we do not know when we go out mm-hmm. if we will be returning home. We yeah. could get killed in a car accident. Yeah. We, we could have a brain injury and be unable to talk, a stroke. Right, right. And if we have not prepared for our animals, I, it could really be terrible. Yeah. Too many of us do not know our neighbors. No, that's true. That's very true. I, I know. And uh, many people are single and their life companion is their dog or the cat. Right. So it's good to get to know your neighbors, knock on their door. Right. Make a mutual pact. You know, if yeah. you don't see me in two or three days, would you mind knocking on my door, giving me a call? I right. have an animal that I want to be sure is taken care of just in case. Yeah. Now yeah. this may not happen and you may have told your children they may live in a different state. Yeah. What are they going to do? Yeah. And jump on a plane and come and see you? Don't think so, especially if it's Well, not in time to take care of that dog. Right. Not in time to take care of that cat. So one of the things that are available are stickers that you can put in the window of both your car and your um windows of your house that you have an animal inside Mm -hmm. they're used for the fire department so should something happen so that people are alerted that there's an animal and we've done a lot of emergency preparedness for earthquakes and floods and so on and you follow the same guidelines Mm -hmm. you should have a carrier for your animal a list of medications in that a list of vaccinations because you cannot put an animal into a shelter if you don't know if they've been vaccinated right yeah you can't because you don't You need to have any food uh list there you need to have an emergency contact for someone who will take care of that animal Mm -hmm. you mentioned that i had had a health issue i broke my ankle in my yes you did you fell down (laughs) (laughs) right i fell six inches six inches folks (laughs) <laughs> right. It was, and I was not home alone. But let's say I had been. Yeah. Okay, so I'm I'm home alone. I call 911. You're they falling come, and you can't get did. up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and I was put on a stretcher and taken directly to the hospital where I was admitted for 4 days. Yeah. I have 3 dogs at home. Yeah. Now Thankfully, I had use of my voice, mm-hmm. and I could have called someone if I had taken my phone with me, so I had their phone numbers, right? Right. But, you know, when you go in an emergency, yeah. you don't always have your phone with you. You don't necessarily think about that. That's not the first priority. Yeah. Well, and if I had been knocked out or lost consciousness yeah. on the way to the hospital or even while they were there... right. And so here, and it's a standalone house, so here would have been my dogs. Right. Yeah. We just don't think that these things can happen. But, you know, 
I have a partner, but even so, he could have been gone he could to have the been, beach for the he, weekend. That's right. Yeah. Well, thank God he was there. So yeah. when you went down on your keister. <laughs> and so you have neighbors with animals, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've got my, you know, I've got my two neighbors uh, next door, plus their puppy. And yeah. is there an emergency plan if they don't come back or if something happens? Is there? Yeah, we've kind of do... talked about it a little bit. You know, they kind of watch out for me and I watch out for them, you know. And uh, it's been kind of more or less very informally talked about. But um, I don't worry about that kind of thing since it's, you know, like I'm so right next door in the same building, basically. But mm-hmm. uh, but it's it's pretty it's pretty good you know so um, well, yeah if I haven't if they haven't seen me for a few days they're they come knocking on my door so it's yeah nice. and it we all need each other and even in these days mm-hmm. um, you know social distancing and shelter at home one of the delightful things because of course we were right in the middle of the shutdown when this ankle yeah happened is i had friends who would come by with their masks on and yeah. it's like <laughs> and they would knock on the door and leave food uh. <laughs> and drive away and you don't even know who left it <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because clearly i was not cooking yeah. thankfully john was but we need our neighbors. We need each other. And one of the things I've noticed as this uh, shutdown continues is we become more and more isolated. Yes. People mm-hmm. with families, you know, are cocooning by themselves, mm-hmm. keeping their children safe and themselves safe. Mm-hmm. But we have many, many single people yeah. who are not living with anyone, and they have become increasingly isolated. And because we aren't out and about, we don't even see each other at our mailboxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't know yeah. what has happened to our neighbor, right. and maybe we don't really know our neighbors. Maybe we live in an apartment complex where mm-hmm. it just doesn't happen, and so. It's not just our animals that need special consideration during this time. Yeah. We need to give special consideration to our neighbors. Maybe a note on their door right. saying, I live next door in the house over or apartment so-and-so. If you need anything, this is my phone number. Yeah. Right. I can drive. I can shop. That's whatever. Good. Just know that I am available. Yeah, that's right. Okay, we've got to take another really quick break, and we're going to come back, and we'll finish up with our guest, Miss Wanda Buckner, and we'll have fun. So this is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And this is a live read for Susan Bergstrom of the Medicare Exchange. Medicare coverage is a very important and confusing issue as we near our retirement, largely because Medicare doesn't cover 100% of your medical costs, only about 80%. That means we will need affordable supplemental coverage that will take care of that 20%. Susan Bergstrom can help get the best coverage for you. And with her, the process is extremely easy, and she'll probably save money for you in the end. So, Susan has some new developments. First are classes that are available through programs that she represents. 
The classes are suited for you, your kids, and other kids, too. And she also has a legacy safeguard, which is a new document that can be done to itemize and organize your final wishes. And it's free. So if you need any more information, call Susan at 253-318-9379 or email her at sbergstrom at americanseniorbenefits.com. Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk, 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And with me is our guest, Miss Wanda Buckner. We have been talking about everything this morning, you know, COVID and pets, you know, emergency plans, how to take care of yourself. And what I'm realizing is that a lot of people may have probably taken maybe taken a sense of, you know, uh, it's okay, we'll be all right type of thing. And maybe they don't realize all the ins and outs of what can happen when there is an emergency, when you have been stuck in the hospital with COVID or anything else, and you have pets at home and nobody knows about them. So anyway, let's talk a little bit more about that. We have just a few more minutes here to talk. So uh, let's talk a little bit more about that. So what else have you got to say about that? Well, one thing that has happened is that COVID-19 and people working from home has actually been a boon for clearing the shelters. Yeah. Because people have been like, oh, I'm going to be at home. I have time. Yeah. I need some company. Yeah. I'll adopt a pet. Yeah. And so they have been there with this uh, wonderful dog or cat. 24 hours a day, except for brief times apart. Mm -hmm. And suddenly they are being called back to work. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I've seen some some, um, cartoons about that. The pet is sitting there and says, what the heck are you doing here all the time? You know, right, that, they flip off. Yeah, those are the, yeah, <laughs> those the cats do that. And dogs don't do that. Dogs are extremely happy about you being there 100% of the time. But cats, you know, they have their alone time. They have their own way of doing things. And they just think, you know, what the heck are you doing here? You know, why don't you go somewhere? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's interesting because... Um, when they go back to work, that's a bit of a shock. I mean, not to the cats won't be a shock. That'll be a relief. But <laughs> <laughs> but to the dogs, it would be difficult because dogs are quite dependent on people. So, yeah. And oftentimes it's us who make them that way. Oh, you yeah. know, we, oh, well, I'm going into the bedroom now. Come along. I'm going to the kitchen. Come along. Right, right. Uh, yeah. And so this close companion who maybe you've been outside and throwing the ball for them or taking walks with them, and there's going to be a big change in their life. And it's worthwhile to think about that a little bit. Perhaps yeah. there's a way that uh, they actually have the Uber of dog walkers where you can, there's are apps where you can Hire a dog walker right. to come and walk your dog. Yeah. Yes, that's a good. Have they done that yet? Got it. They've got yeah. to have that. Oh, of course. They yeah. do. There are a couple different ones out there. Yeah. But there are also your neighbor's kids. Right. You know, it might be possible that there's a 12-year-old who would love to have a, a dog walking job. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, it seems like there's just a lot of things have changed. You know, our our economy is really not in the best place right now. But there have been new openings for new types of jobs to show up because of the needs being changed. 
you know, changed from being at your house only four or five hours a day to all day, you know. And, right, and companies that have really resisted remote working, including yeah. the government, are like, oh, yes, you can work remotely. You will work remotely. Yes, you will. You will stay home, please. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. So that just brings up a new kettle of fish, you know, how do you take care of it and how you take care of everybody else within your home. So um, actually, it's it's really great for the dogs, but the cats don't care. We know that. But, you know, um, it's really sad to say that about cats, but they really don't. <laughs> well, I have to admit that some cats do. Yeah. And because they have uh, bonded with their human is uh, more so than they have with other cats. Right. We have to te- treat each one individually. We know that cats sleep like 20 hours a day. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so that's one reason why there is a difference. And just getting a second cat or a second dog is not necessarily the answer. Cats mm-hmm. are not pack animals. No. They don't say, oh, thank goodness there's someone here. Yeah. I mean, I had two cats. They lived together for 14 years, and yeah. one cat had 14 years of rejection. Oh. It was sad. <laughs> I did not know then what mm. I know now. Yeah. Now I work with people whose cats do not get along. Right. Uh, and with dogs who do not get along mm-hmm. to help them find a common ground and know that there's plenty of love for everyone and plenty of food, and that it's ever-expanding. But we should not assume, well, I'm going back to work, and so I should get another dog to play with this one. It's the same thing if you have children. You, you, you don't have another baby just to play with that one, you know, well, the one before. True. You want to think this through and be sure that they are compatible. Right. And you want to have opportunities for your dog to be alone when you take your dog everywhere with you and then suddenly you don't they think that you have forgotten them Mm -hmm. and it's very distressing so you don't want to teach your dog that 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 dog is to go everywhere with you right that's the job of a service animal right it is not the job of of someone who right who is our companion right but not our constant companion although they may think they should go everywhere with you and (laughs) part of that is because we teach them that yeah i know yeah but a lot of times our animals are actually happier it's not fun to go and sit underneath a person's desk yeah in an eight-hour day and they have to behave Uh, themselves and they can't run around and do stuff that's not fun yeah. No, and they can't uh, go pee when they want to. They can't take a break when they want to. Right. We have to look at it from the animal's perspective. Yeah, what do they need? You also want? might look at a, a doggy daycare. They mm-hmm. are. They will open up again eventually. I don't think they're open now. Right. But so that there is some um, enrichment in the mm-hmm. dog's life. And, of course, if you used to walk the dog at noon... You're going to walk the dog when you come home from work. Right. You can't just turn it on and off. Mm-hmm. And you are not going to turn the dog back into the shelter because your personal need is gone. Right. 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 That would not be fair. You wouldn't do that. It, it is true that during this time where many people have lost their income and their source of support, that they are having to let their animals go. And I... I hear so much negativity about people who 
turn their animal back to the shelter. But my experience is many people, they had no choice. Right. When we had the economic downturn and people lost their housing, you know, they yeah, uh, right. had the housing crisis. Yeah. People cannot get apartments who have large dogs. Right. People who have four dogs don't have much of a chance of, of being able to rent a house where their four dogs could be, especially if they've lost their income. Right. Exactly. And so it does happen that wonderful dogs and cats too, through no fault of the human, right. do go back to changes. the shelters. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, we've got to say goodbye. The time is over with. Oh, darn. It went fast, of course. It did. It did. It was fun, though. It was wonderful. And you yes, brought... and my, go ahead. My last word, make an emergency plan for your animals. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a real good idea. I don't have one, so, but I'm thinking I'm still about getting one. You know, I've been thinking about it for a long time. I'm still thinking about it. So anyway, so thank you, Wanda, for being with us today. And how can we get a hold of you? Well, thank you, Eileen. And people can reach me um, through my website, wandabuckner.com. Or you can email me at wandasoffice at gmail.com. Okay. I look forward to hearing from people. That's great. Thank you, Wanda, for being with us today. It was awesome. And we'll have you on again really soon. Faster this time, okay? Than the last yes. time. Yes. <laughs> no we'll more have... stumbling around No, in the no, no. And you'll be back in the studio <laughs> in no time. Okay. So thank you very much. Oh, thank okay. you. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, so now we have, very quickly, we have some events, not much, but um, the After Dark at Readings at Pizza Casa may be happening soon because um, the manager there has decided to be working on Monday night, which is where I want to do it, but we just haven't figured out a date yet. But uh, we will let you know as soon as that happens. And about Burr's, I said last week it looks like they went out of business, but it, there's a possibility they didn't. So stay, stay in tuned. Because I want to know when that where that when they open up too. So anyway, okay. And the horoscope column is updated every Monday, and you can go read it there at eleven fifty kknw.com. And contact mess. Uh, you can get a hold of me at eileengrimes.com or jupiterrisingshow at aol.com. And you can get a hold of Doug at two zero six seven six nine four nine two four. And again, Wanda Buckner is wandabuckner.com. Okay, now, next week, we have on a very interesting guest, Mr. Rick DiClemente. He's from somewhere. I can't remember, maybe back east. But he's going to be talking to us about a very obscure sort of astrological thing, Eris. Is Eris is a new planet that's in our solar system, but it's a very small planet. But we're going to talk about its impact to people. And then following on August 1st, we're going to have Matt Shea on again. So that's it for us today. We had a great show. Thank you all for listening. And we'll see you again next week. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW, Alternative Talk Radio.